How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. EST 2016. This is interviews, music reviews, and more. This is, this is The Hotter Show. What is up, everybody? We are rolling out of you here today on episode 356 of The Hotter Show. I hope you're doing absolutely fantastic. Thank you so very much for tuning in and clicking that play button on a return to form here on The Hotter Show. We're back at it after a month of Halloween-related content. Thank you guys so much for all the support during October. I have way too much fun doing horror-related content, and that was just uh, that was just a blast. A lot of really good feedback from last week's episode as well. And also, this is technically the first normal episode I've done since I have been married. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you to all the people for all the well wishes and everything. I'm very happy to be married, very excited for the future, and I'm very excited for this episode. We're back at a return to form here with my man Solo, who is the vocalist for Houston, Texas-based new metalcore band, Reckless High. I will say uh, we did have some audio issues with this episode, unfortunately, on both ends. It happens. Uh, still a fantastic episode, but uh, just want to give you guys a little heads up. My audio sounds a little weird, and uh, Solo's audio had some weirdness happening too, but uh, we made it work, and it's still a great conversation. We talk all about solo's start in music kind of some of the first music he got into his influences the early days of his career kind of the 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 beauty and the darkness of the music industry and things of that nature as well as talking about him forming reckless high the early days of the band how that all came to be working with uh, some not so great people and kind of the journey of building a band and where he's at now it's a really great inspirational talk i think you guys are really going to dig it Reckless High are a freaking badass band, and uh, they definitely deserve your support. So before we get into that, I got to take a quick second again to thank all of you for support on last week's episode of the show, in which I, well, myself and my dear friends over at Baseline Feed did a, uh, a Halloween special, A Cold Wind Blows on Halloween Night, which of course was an horror audio drama production, and... Uh, that was a lot of work. Tanner over at uh, Baseline Feed put in so much work. Just thank you to everybody who checked it out. Thank you to all the voice actors again. Thank you to Tanner and CM for all of your guys' work on it. It turned out so well. If you haven't checked out the Halloween content and you're into horror, go check it out because uh, A Cold Wind Blows on Halloween Night was a story that I wrote last year for The Dread Files. 
Never thought it would come back up, but it was a fun idea I had. It was kind of last minute. Tanner fucking killed it. So just, uh, again, shout out to Baseline Feed and everybody for all of your support. We're going to roll into my interview and chat with Solo from Reckless High. Before we do, we're going to take a quick second to hear a word from the sponsors who are helping the Hotter Show grow. Let's check it out. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. We got Solo from Houston, Texas-based new metalcore band Reckless High on the podcast. Solo, what's up, man? How you doing? What's up, bro? It's good to it's good to link up with you, man. It's uh, I I absolutely dig your guy's sound and the new record, so I'm excited to get to jump into all this with you, man. I appreciate you taking the time. For sure, bro. I'm stoked, man. I'm excited to to be on the show and and finally get this message out. Definitely. So, well, starting with the message, man, where did it all start for you with music? Like, what was some of the first music that you ever heard? Where did it all start? Uh, man, it started at a, at a young age. Um, my dad, my dad had his own band. Um, he had like a Tejano band. It's like Latin music, Spanish music. And he played drums and accordion in that band and um that's when i first got exposed to it and i just remember they used to play on the on the parades um in this little town that we lived in in colorado and i remember seeing my dad one day on a float playing drums bro i never forget and uh that really kind of sparked it for me um just like any kid i wanted to be like my father so um i would see my dad jamming in his little storage um garage thing he had and with his friends of course drinking and stuff and and but i think that's where it really started for me man just uh had always had the music in my family and my mom even attempted to play drums in the band and and yeah that was funny but uh just always been surrounded by music always so was it in in the early days? Was it really just that kind of music, or like did they did they listen to different types of music as well? For my dad, it was mainly Spanish, and um, his favorite artist was Freddie Fender. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Freddie Fender, but uh, I've, heard, I've heard the name, but I'm, I'm not super school. familiar. About yeah, old school, okay. old school musician. Uh, he was like one of the first Latin artists that crossed over into country. Okay, I I recognize him now. I recognize yeah. that mustache. 
for sure. I have yeah. seen. I've seen the. He has a song days. called "Waste Wasted Days and Wasted Nights." Okay, yes, that's all like right. his biggest song. It's all song. coming back to me. I've heard. I've definitely heard that song before. <laughs> yeah. So, so you know, for that was like on my dad's side, and then my mom. It was eighties. Uh, I mean, disco, pop, Spanish, uh, country. Uh, it, it was just my mom was. She just loved it also. The diversity part really came from my mom because she always exposed us to different kinds of music growing up. And every time we heard that music playing on Sunday morning in the house, we knew what time it was. Get up and clean the dang house. <laughs> <laughs> Soundtrack for cleaning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every time we heard that, that Mexican music in the morning, like it'd be 7 a.m., bro, I'd get up and I would hear it. Now, me and my brother would look at each other like, oh, my God. Sure enough, mop buckets ready, broom ready, uh, uh, you know, the short list on the board, like who got to what room, you know what I mean? I'm like, man. <laughs> so, yeah, man, just always surrounded by music. It was great. That's awesome. So when did you start kind of getting into like, like obviously listening to music that your parents listen to and stuff like that. And that's awesome to hear that you had such a diverse kind of introduction to music, but what was some of the first music like that you personally started to get into on your own and seek out? So in the beginning, um, it was hip hop. It was rap. Uh, my brothers uh, had a rap group back in the day and uh, they started rapping and freestyling. So I got into, of course, wanted to be like my big brothers, got into the hip hop. And um, my first artist that I listened to um, was probably Eminem um uh that that first lp that he dropped um i remember my cousin banging it and i was like man that, that's pretty fire and uh i was like in seventh grade when that record came out man and um then it was oh wait 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 let me let me let me reverse that it was actually nelly country grammar Good the, record. <laughs> that was Nelly's Country Grammar. Okay, yeah, yeah. That was the first CD that I received for Christmas. And when I opened it up, I was like, like I was shocked that I got that for Christmas from a friend of my mom's. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, she came through clutch. You know what I'm saying? Like, And I thought it was the best gift because like nobody ever – I was I never owned a CD. So it was the Nelly Country Grammar. I loved it. Then it was the Chronic Dr. Dre 2001. Loved it. Oh, yeah. And then it was the Eminem LP. Um, and that's what really got me going uh, into into music. So and then, of course, 50 Cent. And as as I started to, you know, keep on listening to music. But yeah, man, it, it, that's that's what really started. You know, Bone Thugs and Harmony, Tupac, Biggie. My brothers were listening to that, to the Pac and Biggie and Bone Thugs. And I, I was digging it. I loved it. But I was, um, you know, they were already older than me. So I was, by the time I got into music, I mean, it was Eminem and, and, and Nelly, that generation, you know, of rap coming up. So, so yeah, man, that's, that's where it really started for me. It's interesting because we're very, like, we're very, very close in age. So I kind of, I, I can absolutely understand where it's like Bone Thugs and Harmony and talk and all that stuff that was like we we like just missed that like we yeah. would have heard it when we were really young 
you know, like yeah. you're saying, but like we just kind of missed that. Yeah, you know? yeah. Because my brothers, they had the Cypress Hill posters, the Bone posters, yeah. the Biggie posters, and like I was just a little knucklehead, just trying to, you know, <laughs> be be hanging around with them. So by the time I was able to get posters, I had the Fifty Cent poster, I had the Eminem poster, the Dre poster, uh, uh, you know, uh, just um, Fifty Cent poster. You know those those were my favorite artists at the time. So, so yeah. So that's just where it started for me, man. When did you start? When was that first moment for you when you realized, like, you know, hey, I really want to do this? Like you mentioned the whole, like watching your your father on the float. But like, was there a moment when you were you tried to like say sit down behind a drum set and you were like, oh man, this is awesome? Yeah. Where did it start for you with that? Yeah, I was probably about twelve years old. And my mom had bought a drum set and um, she was practicing and stuff. And and I wasn't like allowed to touch it because it was an expensive kit. And uh, I remember every time, you know, they would leave the house, I would, I would get behind it. Immediately and, and touched it, of course. Immediately touched it, bro. <laughs> I love it. Immediately touched it, bro. Started banging on it. And, um, man, you know, I would always try to, to, to learn, but I could never really get it. I could never really... Because I, I, I was trying to self-teach myself how to play instruments, and then um, my mom's husband at the time he was a musician and he had guitars everywhere. So I started to try to pick up a guitar and learn some licks and stuff like that. So you know, I was about twelve years old, man, when I just decided I wanted to try to create, and um, slowly just started to progress. But yes, I was I started off as hip hop, but I always had that love for 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 the rock and and classic rock and and like the disco my mom was listening to, but I low key hated it all the time, you know, because uh, nobody around me was listening to that kind of music. Yeah, especially like disco and stuff. Like, don't get me wrong, there's some great stuff from that era, man. Bro, like the vibes. 80s, there's some great stuff there for sure. Bro, but you BGs. Dude, yeah. <laughs> vibe. Vibe. That's it, man. Vibe. If you can't, I mean, if, if you don't, man, that's why I was like, I'm just glad I grew up with diversity because I don't hate on that music, man. Like, shoot, it vibes. And and and, and it, a lot of new artists these days are sampling those records. So, yeah, it's like, you know it. And you're just like, oh, yeah, I know that. I know that hook. Like, it's I, yeah. I find even now more recently, like this year and stuff, I've heard even like I've listened to the radio. Like my wife's really into kind of like the top 40 stuff a lot yeah. more than me. So I'll be listening to a song and I'll be like, I've heard that hook before. Yeah, you hear it, man. You hear, yeah. you hear, you hear it in every mainstream pop uh, big hit now. I mean, rap songs these days. Uh, mm -hmm. Man, I heard one that just kind of ticked me off. It was, um, I think it was that Rihanna, DJ Khaled, they, they did the Santana um Oh yes, the Maria Maria song. They sampled. Yeah. They sampled that that guitar, and they retract it. But like, you should have just got Carlos to do it. Like, you can't retract Santana. It was like, Get why? It, it sounded here. garbage, dude. I mean, it had a yeah. vibe. Yeah, I understand because the newer generation they don't know that song and they're gonna vibe it. Okay, but when I listened to, it, I was like, yo, that was a classic, yo. Like, how are you gonna do that, man? Like, but. You know, it's all about the industry, so I get it. I really do. Um, and I think that's where a lot of musicians uh, 
fail because they don't want to be diverse, man. Yeah, it's really sad to see. I'm all for artists trying new things and stuff like that. Like a lot of my favorite bands, you know, lately especially, like they've really been trying a lot of different stuff. And it's like, like I'm a big fan of the hard rock, new metal stuff. So like when I see bands, like say like a band like Godsmack, you know, their last record and then now the new stuff is very much not old school Godsmack. They've always kind of slowly have changed. Yeah. And like, mm. I'm all for it because I want people to be happy with the music they're playing. You know yeah. what I mean? But yeah. like at the same time, you know, if you're going to say pull something from somewhere like Rihanna and DJ Khaled, you, you don't you don't retrack a Santana track. You just nah. don't. Do that. that should be. That should be like it's a written rule in every studio. <laughs> like, just don't, yeah, man, don't retract sure. Santana. I don't for know. Sure. It's yeah, man. I mean, and I get it, man. You know, they, it's a uh, those records are classics, and you know they they have major vibes to them. And at the end of the day, now that I'm evolving as a musician, like I, I see myself doing a lot a lot of that now, like just listening to the top 100 and seeing what's out there. I'm not I'm not this metal dude, you know? <laughs> I'm not oh, this for just, sure. Yeah. I'm not just this I'm metal till I, <laughs> I only listen to metal. Slayer, you know. Slayer, bro. Yo, this has yeah, clean nah. vocals in it, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. no. I'm just I'm the totally the opposite, dude. Like yeah, I just love all kinds of music. And with the new stuff coming out, yeah, people are gonna hear that. That's awesome, man. Well, and it's funny because you know what? What I've learned over the last few years is a lot of those guys that front those metal bands that are super, super ridiculously heavy, they listen to Britney Spears. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? It's, oh, it's they're interesting. Soft. They're soft. Yeah, it's interesting. They're, you know, and it's all it's all a show, and I and I get it. Like I really do. I get it. I mean, it's entertainment. And at the end of the day, I, I for me personally, I, I just don't I don't dig it. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't dig that. You know, you're gonna be like this satanic person on stage, but then you're backstage doing, you know, yoga and and you know, reading uh whatever to get. You know, it's like you you think like those guys are back there, you know, sacrificing a <laughs> a goat or something. I'm like, I, I just seen it the other day. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not even gonna mention the band's name because I don't want. I ain't gonna. I ain't gonna be a hater, but they're known for just being like this brutal death core death metal band and like the vocalist loves to like go to carnivals and 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 win prizes well, and, we all you know, know we all know who you're talking about but yeah you know and i'm like <laughs> and he's like taking pictures with all his prizes and and i'm like okay that's cool like that's cool to see that side of you but for me i just feel like the gimmick is too like oversold and 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 people believe in it bro people believe in these people they believe what they say on stage and and some people, bro, they take a lot of stuff seriously. Lyrics mm -hmm. seriously. They take music seriously. While this guy is not even about that. But you influence somebody to be about that. And they're really about that. While you're not about that. Because your music fueled them to be about that. <laughs> you know? I understand what you're saying. Yeah, for sure. Like you're, It's very much – I used to say the same thing a lot about like a band like, say like, uh, like Lamb of God. Where I'd be like – I'd listen to some of their early stuff and I'd be like, I just can't understand this, you know? And then at one point I, I learned and realized, okay, some of this stuff is a metaphor, 
Yeah. Loyal, yeah. But a band like the band you're mentioning, which a lot of people are going to know who you're talking about, but we don't say just for the sake of it. But like when you're in like a death metal, deathcore band that just has the most ridiculously heavy lyrics and stuff like that and really yeah. dark stuff, it's like I also can get, well, so then like you're backstage, like, hanging out with puppies and stuff like what like just yeah. yeah man yeah 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 well and it's and it's at the end of the day it comes down to the music industry and one thing i've learned is just you know there's a lot of wolves and there's wolves everywhere you go um and in, in any industry any business you get into uh, there's just always going to be people like that and uh, who are just fake and they're going to do anything they can to, to get to the top. And if that means putting on a fake facade, you know, they're going to do it. Now, for us, for me personally, you know, I, I just would rather be real and authentic. And maybe that's kept me from getting the big success like a lot of these people are nowadays. Maybe it has. But for me, I've connected with people uh over the years and that's the most important thing to me that i have people who depend on me or can feel comfortable with messaging me about their problems because we became friends through instagram and i'm not just this big vocalist rock star dude who's too good for people uh it's just not me dude you know and and that's something that i don't want to fall into ever yeah you're not someone who you know acts like acts like oh hey i'm always here for you you can message me about your problems we're all in this together and stuff but then when push comes to shove it's like oh well, i don't have time for this it's like yeah which no, I, I i'm not calling anyone out because th there are a lot of people who are you know pretty big damn names that if if something like that happens they're good genuine people that can be busy sometimes but true if you true. make that if you make that your platform and then don't yeah and you get and you get and that. you get yeah. known and you get known by the fans to be just a really good person then then you've created that reputation for yourself compared to some guys that I used to really dig like vocalists and, and bands and I met them one time and I'm like oh no dude like yeah this isn't isn't that the worst this, thing this the this isn't like, what I expected and you just yeah. and especially when you see them being dicks to like a younger person and you're like waiting to go get their autograph or something. See, I quit doing that a long time ago. I'm 32 years old. So of course, when I was 17, 18 years old and I would see my favorite musicians, I mean, yeah, I mean, spazzing out, like, you know, uh, excited to see those people. But when you see like one of, I've had experience like that when I saw one of them just be a dick to a younger fan and I didn't even want to walk up to him anymore. Like, like, yeah, man, I, I literally got that poster, scrambled it up. We had a festival and I threw it in the trash. I'm like, yeah, I understand. Like, you're busy and you're probably hungover as shit, <laughs> but you signed up for this, you know? Yeah, especially at a festival. Like, it's one thing yeah. if you're out, like, at, at, like, Denny's with your family. Yeah. And, like, someone comes up and like, hey, yo, man, can you sign my shit? It's, I get being a dick then. Maybe, or if you're at the, you know, the bathroom stall and someone's trying to talk to you, hey man, True. can you give me a minute? But if you're at a music festival you're performing at, walking around, I mean, like, you should not be a fucking dick. Period. Yeah, like, if you're just, at a festival yeah. and you're doing your thing, like, bro, no, like, 
Or uh, that's what security's for, by the way. That, you, you know, but have you them know, be the dick. <laughs> yeah, you know, but that's yeah. the industry, bro. And mm-hmm. you know, we I've learned it throughout the years, but uh, but yeah, man, you know, just 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 it's just been a journey. It's just been a journey. Started at a young age, so definitely. Well, let's let's go back for a minute and talk about that. So, when did you start? really diving into the music industry and like getting into actually performing so so like when i was so like kind of i want to kind of back back up a little bit because i started getting into hip-hop and then i ended up moving to uh my mom we ended up we we ended up relocating and where we where we relocated was there was a lot of skaters uh we lived we moved into a white neighborhood um and they had the skate park and stuff like i was coming from the hood in texas to this nice area in wyoming and they had everything you can imagine skate parks bike parks and so i found myself going to these places to make meet friends and that's when I met a good buddy of mine. I don't want to name drop on his name yet, but I met a good friend of mine. And I never forget, bro. He hands me a CD. He's like, dude, check this CD out. My dad just bought this CD. Let me check it out. It had a middle finger on the cover. No, I opened it and there was a middle finger on in there. And I'm like, oh, it was Kid Rock. Devil without a cause. Hell yeah, I knew it. The second you said saying that, I was like, I think it's Devil Without a Cause. It was Kid Rock, bro. Devil <laughs> Without a Cause. He was like, dude, the, you know, you know the Walkmans. You could buy the speakers, of uh, course, that you could carry around. And you were you were the shit if you had those speakers, you know, or the Walkman. And it, I mean, if you had the whole set, you were rocking. Yeah. Uh, and my boy had it, bro. And he was like, man, let's go to the skate park. Let's go bump this thing. So. I remember being like on the on the on the half pipe up top where we would all gather and you know we drop in and stuff. My boy put that on, bro, and we jammed it like through from just start to finish and repeatedly, repeatedly. And everybody, I remember, bro, the day where everybody it was new to everybody, and yeah. and we were gathering like people we were gathering, bro. That's what I miss about back in the day because you had to buy the record to listen to it. So I remember like. Maybe the 10, 15 of us, of our friends, we started just jamming it, stopped skating. And we were just like listening to the lyrics, looking at the cover and stuff. And everybody wanted to take it home to dub it to a tape. But since that was my best friend, he was like, no, I'm going to let Alex take it. By the way, my real name is Alex. Uh, he's like, I'm going to let him take it first because, you know, he's my best friend. So I took it home that day, dubbed it, you know, put it on the CD player, recorded it to the tape, old school once again. And... That's where it started, man. That's where it started. Where I was like, yo, I want to make that. I want to do that. I don't know what this, I didn't, I don't, I didn't know what it consisted of. I didn't know if it was a band. I mean, I could hear the guitars and stuff in there. I didn't know what it was um, until MTV released, was it Cowboy? I think that was the first one that came out. The first Cowboy. single was Cowboy, yeah. But then, yeah. actually, I it might have been, uh, I can never remember the name of the pronunciation for the first track of Bow with a Bow, yeah. whatever the hell it is. Bow with the Bow, Bow with the Bag. I could, I could, I could do that whole song right now, bet. Yeah. But like, 
yeah, yeah. That always confused everybody, like, back in the day, trying to sing it. Yeah. Like, you're singing it wrong. Nah, bro, it's this way. Nah, bro. What, like, does, that, yeah. what, what does that one mean? Yeah, bro. Bong with a thong orangutan. <laughs> yeah, shit like yeah. that. <laughs> so, you know, that's where it started, bro. And uh, so from there, I remember I had Nelly's Country Grammar, and I had a tape of Kid Rock, and I had a, The Chronic. Um, th- that was my first three physical material that I had. And I, I remember um, I was uh, 12 years old, Christmas. My mom bought me a, 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 a ju- jukebox. Is that what they call it? Yeah, jukebox. And it had a CD player in it. And from from there, from there where it started, because I was um, – I was, uh, I never forget, I got a, it was the Snoop Dogg single, but it had the instrumental on it. So back in the day, they would release this, the single and then the instrumental. So I can't remember the song uh, of Snoop, but the instrumental came on that record. So I dubbed it to a tape, the instrumental, and I started to just rap and, you know, just trying through the microphone on the jukebox. And I ended up coming up with the shitty recording, but I was able to play it back. And I was able to hear myself. And I was like, yes. Like right there is when I was captivated. And I started to write lyrics, started to started just writing uh, rhymes. And uh, uh, man, it just, it just started to evolve. And uh, it wasn't until I was probably 16 that I actually got into a real studio. And I got shitted on by all my friends and my my family who was in the studio because we all hung out and and one of one of my cousins had a studio and um, I was just want I just wanted to record I just wanted to make music and nobody believed in me man nobody wanted to give me a chance and I would try to freestyle and rap and check this out I knew I was better than half of those guys uh, who were making those records. But I was young. I was 16 and they're like in their 20s. So, of course, I was just getting shitted on like, oh, you're not good enough. You can never you never can, you know, do this. And I was from Texas. And at the time I was living in Colorado. So the styles are so different. They were like, oh, you're a different kind of style. Like we don't mess with that Southern rap type stuff. Like and that's what I was. I was like, that's my vibe, you know. But I knew I had it. I knew I was better. So 16 come around and they're like, we'll give you, we'll give you a chance to get on a song. So I was like, I was so excited, bro, to finally just be in the same studio with my, my, my homies, homies, uh, quote, quotes, that's a quote. <laughs> and I remember I got in there and I froze, be rabbit, man, froze, bro. And I could hear everybody laughing. And I and they're like, oh, try it again, try it again. And I could hear the laughs. And uh I froze again because I was mad. I was angry that they were laughing at me. And that did it for me. I I, I turned 17 and I had just graduated high school. Um, I graduated early, younger, you know, younger than everybody. And I just I just had it, you know, I had it with people and people just knocking me and I went on my own. I left home early. 
uh, uh, living in the streets, living in my car, just trying to make something happen. Um, I felt like I could make music. I felt like I could do it. So through a struggle, I ended up starting a um, college at a community college and uh, ended up getting my first apartment at the age of 17. Uh, struggle, struggle. I don't know how I did it, but I was home. I was living in my car and um, my counselor at the time was like, man, I want to help you out. And he, he got me an apartment. And I never forget when I walked in that apartment, first thing that came to my head, I could build a studio. <laughs> I can I can make I can, I can make this room right here. Yeah, it was a not one- like oh I've got somewhere to live. It's no man. This is my studio for real. That's how you know you're a musician and you know how you just love music because it was like, and I lived in a one bedroom kitchenette, bro. It looked like a jail cell, and uh, it was on it was outside of campus. And I remember, you know those you know Sweetwater, the company Sweetwater, the yes, the musician friend. They would always send catalogs in the mail. That's the only way you could see the their product i mean the internet yeah there was internet but you got the catalogs in the mail and i remember my neighbor got a catalog and they put it in my mailbox so i took it out and i'm like of course i'm like i'm not giving this to him i want to go see what's you know (laughs) i freaking tucked it under my armpit and went to my apartment opened it up and i and i never forget it was a starter kit it had the eight track boss uh multi-track recorder with the tascam monitors and a akg 100 perception microphone all for 900 and that day i had just got my student loan <laughs> so of course of course what you did was be, be responsible and not spend any money on that right if, of, course, of course of course i did the, i did the response i did the responsible thing <laughs> Uh, needless to say, a week later, I had the starter start. <laughs> so, so you waited. So, so you waited at least a few hours to spend it, right? That's yeah, I did. I did. I did. I was, and that was so funny because that was the. I didn't even. I told myself when I get this loan, first thing I'm going to do is go pay my rent in three months in advance. I'm 17 years old, with a chunk of freaking money. Uh. Chunk of money. See, that's good. And you I'm even like, did that. I don't know if I would have done that at seventeen. <laughs> I didn't do it. I didn't. Oh, no. that was, <laughs> I told myself first thing I'm gonna do. I'm gonna pay my rent. And when I got that that day, my because I I went to the mailbox to get my check because they said the check your check should be there on this day. You know, from Sally May or whatever. But I'm paid up that loan, so screw you, Sally May. Uh, anyways, so I, I, my check was in the mail. And that's when I found it. It was meant to be, bro. It was meant to be because my check was in the mail. And that's the day the Sweetwater magazine was in the mail with the fucking check. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I shit you not. So I ended up ordering I ended up ordering uh, that kit that, and, and it came in. And I remember some of my homies just being mad at me that I was going to start my own thing. Like, oh, you should, you know, you shouldn't be starting your own thing. And, and, you know, you should be going to so-and-so studio if you want to be recording and paying them or whatever. And I'm like, screw that, bro. I heard everybody laughing at me. I heard, I heard those laughs. And that's something that sticks with me till this day, till this day. I'm 32 years old. That happened to me when I was 16 years old. And I'll never forget it. Cause you know why? Most of those people who laughed, they ain't doing nothing. 
Exactly. And you never, ever forget that, man. Like that, it's not, and it's not a jaded thing. It's just like a, it's a, it's a fuel, right? You have a situation like that. I've been there too, man. Like, it's just, it's like, oh, you don't think I can do this? You think this is a joke? All right. Well, let me prove you wrong. Yeah, bro. And and that's what really fueled me to do it. And I ended up buying that setup and I started having parties at my apartment and I was just inviting my friends, the homies over and I put the mic up and I was getting beats. I was starting to learn now because I had a laptop and stuff by this point. And I started downloading instrumentals and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, I could do this now. And and I was loading them up to the task cam. And, and I got to a point where I'm like, I can get the homies in the room, get this instrumental playing, and anybody can step to the mic and just freestyle. And I can give that to them, like on a CD. And th- they were loving it. They were coming to the parties and like, yo, solo, man. Let me hop on that. I got this freestyle in my head and and I let them go. Like, you know what? Go ahead. Boom. Freestyle. Turn on the mic. Boom. They'd leave my they'd leave my spot with their recording. Now it wasn't the best recording. It wasn't, you know, but it's it pumped you up till it was like you could go put it in your ride and and listen to this playback. So for that's for me. It was like, all right, I can do this. And once I started seeing people like my homies starting to see me like do it, I just used them as practice, you know. And once I knew I could do it, bro, I just cut all ties with everybody. I I I went on my own and solo was born. Um I took my equipment and I moved back to Texas because I was living in Colorado at the time. I moved back to Houston and that's where my journey began. I was 18 years old and I recorded my first record um, with a good buddy of mine. His name's AJ. It was like a love rap song, R&B kind of song. And I I went in like I just I just went all in for it and started catching a buzz slowly but surely but you know man it it started when i was 16 really bro like i i just that's what sparked the fuel the, the fires when i hopped in that that booth and and i heard those laughs man and i and i but i knew i had the talent i knew i possessed it and i knew it was in me and i just went for it you know that's awesome that you have that man cuz like as much as it sucks that you had to go through that <clears throat> excuse me it's like you you just really never ever ever forget something like that. Whenever never. you have self doubt or anything, it's like, dude, like I I got it. I got to at least try. No matter yeah. what happens for the rest of your life, at this point, even, you can say, I I did what I set out to do. I got a record. I did my own shit. I'm good at it. You know, like no matter what, you've got that, yep. and that then yep. proves those people wrong, right? So. Yep. Yep, that's awesome yep. to hear yeah man yeah man it just had to take that experience and just grow on it and i still grow on it i still i still i don't dwell on it but like you said it's just, it's just motivation for me to 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 see where i've come from and and not only that to, to motivate others uh that's my biggest goal is to motivate other musicians who are trying to get going uh, uh whether you're 18 or or a late bloomer at 40 50 and you never gave it a shot man like yo it's so easy these days it's so easy to 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 have i mean it's all 
Pro Tools, you can rent, uh, you can pay a monthly for it now. Uh, it's like 30 bucks, you know, a month. Back in back in the late '90s, early 2000, Pro Tools. I mean, you were, you had to be a professional producer to have, to possess Pro Tools. It, it just wasn't a thing, you know. Like, um, and I tell people now, it's so easy for you to do it. You can buy a hundred dollar microphone, a hundred dollar interface, and download some instrumentals, and you're and you're rocking. And there's uh, free recording softwares, and you, you're rocking uh, with. Three, four hundred dollars, you know, into it. And I mean, if you can't spend that much to get started, then you really don't want it. That's it. Like I, I have even in the podcast, we'll have this conversation with people, too, where it's like, you know, oh, well, why can't I just use my my laptop mic or whatever? And I'm like, I mean, you, you can. Yeah, you can. Well, obviously, it's different in the podcast. Well, but I'm like, you know what? If you don't even want to spend one hundred dollars and fifty dollars for podcasting for interface or megaphone, I'm like. Do you really, really want it that badly? And for music, yeah. it's like you gotta be because once you spend that couple hundred bucks, you shouldn't. You can get started with that. You know what I mean? You shouldn't oh, need yeah. to spend more than that after. Yeah, totally, totally. You gotta make the investments. Mm -hmm. It's important for sure to have that investment in, in that investment in yourself. <laughs> it's uh, is extremely important for sure. It is. It is. It is. Definitely. Sure. So when you. So when you move back to Texas, you start doing your own thing. When, like, kind of what happened from there? Like you mentioned you released your record. And then going from there, you did the solo thing for, for a number of years. And then you, like, did you have any other bands in that time period too or anything? Or No, nah, man, I was uh, I was performing solo. I had um, I had two mixtapes. Um, they, they each had, like, 15 songs. Um my first mixtape did really well. Um, it was called Smoking and Riding. And the producer that I linked up with after I did my first like demo, I linked up with a producer that goes by FM. That's my dog right there. He's one of the best uh, rap hip hop producers in Houston. Uh, and now around, I would say around the world now, because he works with a lot of people now. Uh, big and small, but um, anyways, I linked up with him and we started just doing mixtapes and I had a good run. I had a good run, man. Um, I was 18 years old uh, doing shows in the clubs and uh, by myself with a DJ. I would I would go up to the stage, hand the DJ my CD, he'd hand me a mic and I, I would just do my thing. And I remember just people would look at me weird because I was the only guy going on stage by myself and you would have these other rap acts go up there and they had, you know, 20, 30 people on stage yeah. and, you know, two mics. And I'm like, nah, I, I just, that just wasn't me. I never really had a, a, a posse like that. So I just started gaining confidence knowing that I could walk in a room and steal the crowd by myself. And I just started doing that. I started doing that. Mixtapes were doing really good. I was getting airplay. Um, and... Going back to the club scene, I got I got real tired of the bad energy and the bad vibes because uh, there was a lot of gangs, um, a lot of a lot of drug dealing going on in the clubs, uh, fights, and uh, you know just you just it was it was just a local hip hop scene, uh, rap scene in general is like that, and uh, there's just there was no love. 
there was no love. And no matter if you got love, you got hated on because the other posses didn't want to see you, especially if you were just a one man going up there by yourself and just wrecking every act that was on the bill on that show. Hip hop world, they don't want to see people do good. That's why you see a lot of these rappers getting shot and killed. They got so many enemies because, man, that's just the game. That's just how that industry works. You don't want to see nobody do good and you're going to try to shit on their fame or whatever because you're not getting it. And that's just sad. So I got burned the F out. I was tired of it. It was 2014. I remember I was in Austin, Texas for a big festival called Texas Relays. I had got booked for my second year there and uh, great show, great crowd. I always, I always had it popping. And um, I just remember the DJ tried to sabotage me. He tried to, he tried to speed up my, my record and, and he thought I couldn't keep up with it. And I just wrapped it extra fast and one of the other artists luckily had my back and he like checked the DJ and the DJ like finally like put it back to normal tempo. But I caught the vibe that they just didn't want to see me up there. You know, they didn't want to see the people with their hands up and because the first two acts just couldn't get it done. And the DJ was with those first two acts. And here's this one guy walking on stage and just wrecking the crowd and getting them hyped up. Even when the music was uh, sped up, the crowd didn't know. They were just vibing and they thought the records were supposed to be like that. And finally, like I have the video, I actually have this on recording. I'm turning around, I was done. Like third, third songs in, three songs in like that. I turned around like the DJ, I was like, bro, I'm about to, <laughs> yo, you're messing up my records. Like it's, it's about to get, it's about to get popping in here for real. And luckily my other, another artist like saw what was going down and I guess he was friends with that DJ. And, but right there was, it, it was, it drew the line for me. I'm like, I'm done with this. I don't want to do this no more. I don't want to be out here no more. I, 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 there's just no love here. But see, I was going to rap show. I mean, rock shows and metal shows through that whole journey. And what do you always see at rock and metal shows, bro? Like it's, it's all love. All love, man. Especially love. in the metal metal scene. Long yeah, love. Yeah, so you have those one or two, you know, shit sticks who act out and of course and they're you always, gotta get yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. But for the most part, it's there. The energy's there. The love is there, and it's a good feeling for for an artist to 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 be to to be receiving that. And so I was. Going to you know POD shows and all this and 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 because you know those those are obviously my influence POD you know uh, but uh, I was just seeing like how the, the fans interacted with those guys and, and interacted with the the bands and I'm like man this is where it's at this is where it's at and I want this I want this I want to be able to be part of this community I want to be able to be here with these people and just vibe out and just feel the love. And that's what I did. I got back home from that show and I had a full album ready to go. Full album. I spent so much money on this record. It never saw the light of day because mm -hmm. I, I was I was done. I was done. 
And I remember going to Up Uproar, Uproar Fest. Uh, it was a big festival they used to have back in the day in the, in the 2000s, uh, early 2000s. I remember I went and I forgot who was on. I think it was Papa Roach. They were on the side stage. And I just remember feeling that energy for the first time of that, of just that, ah, you know, that mosh pit, the, man, it was there. Like when, when, when they did, um, uh, what was that song called? The big song? Uh, my mind went blank. Last resort. Last resort. Yeah. When they did that, bro, like whew, it was next level and I fiend for it. And uh, I remember after that show in Austin, I just remembered all that that I felt. And I'm like, I'm done. And I went to my producer, FM, and I said, dude, I, I want to make a rock record. And he was like, man, let's do it. So I'm like, can, can, can you? Do you know how to do that? And he's like, no, but uh, we could try. <laughs> so I was like, cool. So we got all these guitar noises and stuff and just cut, copied and pasted. You know, doing the uh, MIDI MIDI uh, guitars, you know, and we didn't have any real instruments, nothing. It was just me and him. And we ended up creating the first Reckless High song. It was called Above Water. And it's actually still on our YouTube channel. Maybe. I don't know. I have to double check that. But it's, it's somewhere. I think it's still on SoundCloud. But it was our first song that we came out with. And that song, I took that song and I started auditioning people with it. You know, so, uh, but yeah, man, I just made that transition. I had to get out of it. I had to get out of it. I still love hip hop. I do. But as far as like the industry and the world goes, yeah, I'm not into it no more. I can absolutely understand that. For the record, folks, that song is not on the YouTube, um, but I am. Uh, oh, yeah, I can't, I can't. I can't even look on the SoundCloud. But anyway. Oh, hang on. Maybe I can. I'm just curious. But yeah, I can understand that, man. Like when you're. When you're in that world, it is, and it's sad to see because like there's, there's so much talent in that world, man. And there's so much, there could be, it wouldn't take much for everyone to just, and there are, are spots in the world where there's a lot of love in the hip hop scene. Um, you know, that, like in Canada here, there's, there are some spots where there's at least everyone supports each other. Like in the East coast of Canada, there's a lot of love there. Um, but Toronto stuff like that, like it, it, there's a lot of not as extreme as what you're you're talking about, but there's definitely yeah. a lot of shit talking and stuff, and and you yeah. hate to see stuff like that, right? Like yeah, just, yeah, we all got into music because we love it. Shouldn't that bring us together? Like yeah, yeah, and you know, and, and and it's so yeah. So like, keep in mind, I was in Houston, Texas, doing this, and. uh you know, Houston's no, you know, it's not a playground, you know, uh, it's, yeah. it's a concrete jungle. So, you know, it was one of those things for me where I was just, I was, like I said, I was feeling for this metal community. And when I finally first got it, when I first did my first show at a rock metal club, oh, I was, I was sold. I, I, I just wanted to do this for the rest of my life. And I just wanted to be around people like this. For the rest of my life and i just wanted to be a part of the community for the rest of my life and this is what i wanted to do and i ditched rap and started reckless high man 
That's fucking awesome. So you mentioned that there was a an audition process. What was that like? Because you've been you were in the the rap and hip hop game for for so long, but then you do have that background of guitars and that kind of music. How was that audition process? Like, was it did you find your guys kind of right away, or was it a lengthy process? <clears throat> so you know the the first the first guys that I linked up with, I found I found them pretty right away, pretty quickly off of a uh, Craigslist. And, um, you know, bro, it wasn't really a hard of a transition for me because I'm hungry. I'm a hard worker. I'm a musician. I, I'm a go-getter. So I knew what I wanted to do. And I set out, just like I set out to do the rap industry. I set out to, to take on this rock industry, music, whatever, this world to, to just take it head on. And and when I, I had no idea how to start a band. I, I, I didn't know. I just put that song out there and I said, look, this is what I'm doing. This is what I created. If you like this song, you can come audition. And I had, I, through this whole journey, I've never had anybody turn me down. Like any musician, like they would hear the records and they'd be like, oh dude, like, yeah, dude, that's sick. Like, but the first guys, the, the first group of guys that I got to, to where we went and did shows and we were actually like practiced to do our first show. Man, I found those guys off the jump. Um, like they auditioned one time, and we clicked, and that's just we just started going. We just started doing shows in Houston. Started going to all these dive bars, and of course, throughout the journey, certain guys would fall out. You know, guys would would leave, but we just you know you do the audition process again. Um, but it, it was fun. I had a lot of fun doing it, man. Uh, just just getting you, getting you know, working with different people, different egos. Um, it was all new to me. But one thing about me, I always had that, I guess, uh, boss mentality. You know, I, uh, I'm not. A, I don't. You know, I I'm a leader. So it's like a lot of people recognize that from me, and it just gave them. I think it was more easier for a lot of people to get on board with what I was doing because they saw somebody who was taking it serious, you know? And once we got out there, once these guys knew that I was serious and we started putting in the work and we got out into the Houston scene, it was the best thing that I ever experienced in my life because I was finally part of the, the I was finally part of the rock community and taking the industry, taking it, taking it on, you know? That's awesome, brother. And you, and you can hear in your voice, too, how much it means to you to be able to do this and, and to get into that scene. And I think it's <clears throat> it can be very underrated sometimes to have someone like yourself in a band who just – there always has to be somebody who's kind of the the boss. You know what I mean? Like I feel like you yeah. kind of always need that. Yes, you It doesn't do. have to be my way of the high rate. No one has any input. But it's like someone to just say, okay, hey, guys, let's go to work. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll be honest with you, bro. That was me. I, I was the. It was my way or the, or the highway. Um, <laughs> uh, and I, you know, I was, I was twenty, twenty two. I think I was twenty two when I started the band. I'm thirty two now. So there's been a lot of growth and mature, you know, maturity development there. And um, but when I first started, man, it was my way or the highway because I was hungry. And a lot of people couldn't understand that because they think you're just automatically a dick. 
And I think you're just this egotistical person. And you, you it's the opposite. You're just trying to get shit done. And you don't got time to play. Because at the end of the day, it you start... Look, I was just going into a studio by myself, rapping on people's beats and uh, paying, you know, a hundred bucks for a custom beat. Now you got five people. Now the studio time is tripled because now it takes, you know, $800 to go track uh, a whole band. Um, now, obviously, our records cost more than that now, but um, it's a whole different world. So you can't go in there wasting time and wasting money. Of course, you always want to keep it fun. You always want to keep it fun. But this is a business. And some people don't realize that. They think you just, they can just do what they want and not be a part of the investment and not be a part of, of the hustle and the grind. And they just think that, oh, I just, I play drums. That's all I'm going to do. I'm going to just show up and play drums. No, you got to be on social media. You got to be promoting. You got to be, of course, showing up on time to the practice. I mean, this is a hustle and this is a grind on it uh, that I quickly understood um because now it's not just me now i have four of the guys around me four of the guys who think different um and i wasn't always the best at adapting to that but i always knew that i possessed just some good leadership skills and i knew i could take something that i started from scratch and turn it into something that's just something that I have always been able to do throughout my life with businesses and stuff that I've worked hard, you know, through my career. Um, but a lot of people just can't get on board with that sometimes. And it's difficult. The band life is difficult, man. It, it, it really is. But once you can find people who you can really just vibe with, it's off to the races, you know. That's it. And I mean, it's it's very true where, you know, you have there is a big difference between blatantly being a dick for no reason, which everybody has a story of a, a band member who is just, you know, yeah, there's a difference yeah. between that and, Hey, like not, not being a dick, but it's like, yo, like we need to do this. We need to do yes. this this way. We need to, there is a big difference between. It's like, dick it's like this. Person. It's like, yeah. It's like you take orders from your manager or not orders, but you know, you listen to your manager when you're out there doing right. your job it's like, yo, if there's no leader within the band, because it takes a team uh, to lead this, to lead a project like a band or, or multi-people group or whatever. Um, why do you think a lot of these bands, like, you know, they break up and boy bands break up? Uh, it's just so many egos. There's so many. Everybody thinks differently. Everybody is not the cool collective do what the right thing, you know, do the right thing. And, and everybody gets paid equally. No, you're going to have someone who's like, well, why does you get paid this? Or I should be getting paid more. Like, bro, like, no, like if you can't be on board to where you're being a team player and the vibes, you know, you're bringing good energy, then you can't be part of something, you know, like, it's just never going to work and it's just hard. It, it, it really is. But I feel like I'm in a really good spot throughout these years and developing how to be a leader and how to be a role model. 
And I think now at 32 years of age, Reckless High, we're, we're in a good spot. You know, I really feel like I'm in the best spot I've ever been with the project. Well, that's it, man. And I mean, and he, here's the reality of the situation too, is 32 years old, you're, you're still young. <laughs> like, it's not like, yeah. it's not yeah. like you're an old dog. Like, oh yeah, we're, we're, it's like, no, no, like you're still young. And I mean, you've got all this experience. The fucking record is killer. Like Thank I've you. been ever since I heard the single, the brawl, which I mean, I think that's gotta be one of my favorite songs just cause I really dig the message behind that song Thank and the rips Thank and everything. You. But like, you listen to the record it's no joke you can hear from talking with you your passion and your drive like it's very inspiring and it's so yeah i'm excited and i'm excited for the new stuff too even though you guys just dropped the record august 3rd yeah. like i know from talking with you like man the new stuff's even gonna be gonna be badass too yeah yeah man the album the album the brawl that released on my birthday on my 32nd birthday uh, it was a it was a present to myself. Well, happy belated all... birthday! <laughs> thank, you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, it was a birthday present to myself. That record was two years in the making. So many ups and downs to make that record. Got screwed over by a producer. I should name drop on his little punk ass, but I'm not uh, because I carry myself uh, respectfully, and I feel like karma's a son of a bitch and. You know, let, let let the world do its thing. But everything happens for a reason because we were able to hook up with Robbie Joyner, our new producer, who uh, mixed and mastered that record, took someone else's mess that we originally started working with, and it was a bad situation. All the files were mixed up, and Robbie, shout out to Robbie Joyner, one of the Ah, dude, I can't hats off to Rob, uh, Robbie, one of the best producers in the game right now out of Houston. Um, but shout out to him. He took he took those files and he did his thing, man. I was blown away with the production. Um, and it was a long journey for that record. And I put a lot of pain, a lot of my life story into that record. And I'm glad that you vibe it and, and can hear that hear that message through those records, man, because it, it was a it was a struggle. It was a struggle. And some of those records, I sat down with the original producer we're working with, just me and him. There was no band. Um, because that's a whole nother story, you know, uh of the journey of just different members coming and going and the brawl. So there was two there was two EPs out before this album with the original members and shout out to those guys. I ain't got no I ain't got number love with them for them. But we parted ways. We parted ways after almost seven years of grinding together. Uh it, six, six and a half years, something like that. We parted ways. Um and uh it was it was a sad situation. These are the guys that I consider my brothers and and my and family, but you know, the visions got different and people started having kids and you know how it goes man things change for people and hey i got nothing but love for them but for me i couldn't stop there, there was not there was nothing that was going to stop me and I, and it was the fight that's why i named it the brawl because 
there were so many times where I wanted to give up and I, I didn't know who I was going to come play these records for me and who was going to play guitar. I didn't have a guitarist. I didn't have a drummer. I didn't have any of this. You know, I started this band from scratch by myself with, with me and a producer. So I told myself, I'm going to go back to square one, link up with this producer, and and I don't need nobody. I don't need nobody because I'm going to build this up how I want it. And, I, and then I'll simply just let the people navigate, you know, let, let it let it bring in people. And um, I started creating that record and instantly just started getting people who wanted to be part of the team and ended up forming the second group um, of guys. And unfortunately, <laughs> you know, that didn't work out with those guys. And I ended up back at square square one. Um, and shot, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not going to sit here and paint, paint myself to be this perfect person because I'm not, and I always wear my heart on my sleeve. Uh, but there came a point in my life where I was tired of people's BS and I just did not want to deal with it. And any slight BS that I sensed, I was done with you, you know, and because it kept me from doing what I wanted to do. I was going on eight years in the project and I haven't released an album. You know, two e two mediocre EPs. Like, and they're not on there no more. I took them down because the, the quality from the bra to those EPs, oh, it was it just it, it wasn't there was no comparison. And at the end of the day, this was a rebrand. The 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 bra, that's a rebrand for the project. And I just wanted to let my story be told through those records, bro. And it's been just such an awesome, awesome experience so far. Like hearing people jam it, and it's been it's been doing great, man. I'm I'm, I'm just excited for it. That's awesome, man. It's good. It's good to hear the throughout it all that you know the drive was there, the determination is still there. Because a lot of people like. They get the situation like yours, man. They might be like, "Yeah, man, like fuck this. Like I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna it's, tap it's out." It's so discouraging, bro. Like yeah. you want to tap out because music is expensive. You know, those records cost you know anywhere between twelve hundred or fifteen dollars per record. For those who don't know, so your favorite upcoming musician that you're you know supporting, who's actually putting money into their records, you know, people need to understand that. You know, you got ten songs on a on an album, and 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 each song costs twelve hundred to mix, master, and track. So, yeah, that's a lot of money for independent artists, um, and a lot of people don't want to put that investment. Um, dude, I have put everything on the line for for my music, and I'm not the best musician. I wish I could sing better. I, I try my best to to improve myself constantly. Um, but I just, I tell myself, I, I have a unique style to myself and I'm going to ride that. I'm going to do the best that I can with my vocals. And hopefully people can just see the rawness and the, 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 the uniqueness that I'm trying to bring to the table. Because uh, it's not for everybody, but at the end of the day, man, you just can't, you can't let nobody stop you from, from but making your dreams happen. And man, I'm just so glad that that album saw the, saw the light of day because it wasn't going to come out. I was so ready to be done. I was so ready to give up. 
I was ready to just focus on my career, my business and take care of my family and just make my music on the side. But man, you know, when you have that calling and, and, and I believe in God and I believe in faith and I just had that in my heart, bro, where I was like, I'm not giving up. This record is coming out. I'm dropping this shit on my birthday. I deserve it. <laughs> you know, it's been a long journey. This is a present to myself. And I had to pay the producer. Oh, that 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 hurt me when I had to send that uh, that, that Venmo <laughs> for the final payment of the of that record. I was like, man. People better love this record, man. <laughs> they don't understand. <laughs> they don't understand how much debt, how much debt this record has put me in. These music videos have put me in. But it's all worth it because it makes me happy, bro. And I got people who message me. It's not a hundred, it's not a thousand, but you know what? The people that I have messaging me and and telling me they love it and how much they listen to it every day man it's the best thing to me especially right now in my life because i feel like i've done something whether i make it to the big stages or i don't make it to the big stages i know that i've impacted at least a handful of people's lives and at the end of the day man if that's in my calling and that's in my journey well so be it but i never gave up Never give up, people. That's it, brother, and that's a that's a beautiful, wonderful message too. And I mean, it's uh, it's inspiring, honestly. It really is. Like it, you know, having the if if you know, no matter what, no matter what happens, you did that, and that's something a lot of people they don't even get that one person that says, you know, hey, you affected my life, yeah. or hey, you helped me out of a dark spot. So that's. That's awesome, and I mean, I'm so happy you've gotten to have that. And I yeah, think man. that's a that's a beautiful place to kind of start to wrap it up here today. I'd love to have you back on sometime to dive into the record bro. for a showcase in its entirety, bro. Yes, be. bro, because the story is so long, and the story is so. It's just I, I I love that I was able to get on here because this is the first time that this has ever been said and recorded. So it's just a blessing for me because I truly believe that Reckless High is going to be something greater than what it is. I, I believe it in my heart. I believe it just from the people and the response that we've gotten over the years. And, and just to have an outlet like yours to, to get on here and tell the story. But I just wish we had more time because, man... It gets grimy and it gets good. <laughs> it gets good. I just had to like sum it all up, you know, really, really yes. quick. But dude, yes, man, we got to do a part two because it's just too much. Yeah, that's a whole – like when you were saying earlier before we started, I was like, brother, that's like a whole <clears> – <throat> as much as I love doing two, three-hour long podcasts, that's uh, – Yeah, <laughs> some, I know. Some people I'm, aren't a fan of I'm that. Looking, but... I'm looking at the corner right here and yeah, it says yeah. an hour and six minutes. I, I can't believe we've been talking for that long. <laughs> like seriously, man. But you know what? That's what happens when you're just, you know, just vibing and, and wanting to get this message out to people. And at the end of the day, man, I thank you for even allowing me to be – uh, on your show and giving me uh, uh, some time because, man, I am I am desperate to get this message out. 
in the world, to the youth, to people, to, to anybody who feels like giving up, to anybody who's feeling discouraged or, or going through addiction and, and, and fighting demons internally. Because, man, that's a whole other story, man. I fought addiction all my life. I, I'm, I'm over a, a year and six months sober. And uh, uh, just something else I want to touch on real quick. And if anybody who's going through addiction, I just want you to know that you can make it out. There, there is there is another way. It, we don't have to be high. We don't have to live like that because I'm, I'm, I'm experiencing that new life. And I love anybody who, who, who is trying to, to get better. And, and I love people who, who are at the bottom and, 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 and are just trying to seek something better for themselves. Um, because at the end of the day, you're not giving up. You're not giving up. You're trying and you're trying. And I tell people to keep trying because it's a hard freaking road to overcome. But you know what? We can overcome it. And I love every single buddy who's given me a chance to just tell my story. And yeah, man, just 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 grateful. Just grateful. Well, and, c- and congrats on that, brother. That's a hell of a fight. And I mean, I'm that's uh, that's really awesome to hear over a year that's fucking awesome man yeah I mean, man and still and still it. rocking shows we were still fighting sobriety going to the clubs rocking shows sober it feels great the energy it, it's it's something I, I want people to experience it i want people to experience new life new light we lived in darkness for so long that we get we get sucked in and we just don't know how to live we don't know any other way to live i was an addict for 15 years uh, i i I'm learning how to relive. It's like learning how to walk again. And you don't want to go through that work. You don't want to put in that work because it's, it's anxiety. It's depression. It's like, ah, it's chaotic. But man, to anybody who listens to this podcast and you make it to the end and you get to hear this, there is a better way. And it's so cliche to say, and it's the most cliche advice. Never give up. Don't look back. But you know what, man? It's the most truest, most realest shit that anybody's ever going to tell you. Because the day you clock yourself out because you gave up on uh, yourself and your soul, man, it's going to be the biggest mistake you ever make in your life because you never gave, your shot, gave yourself a shot to really experience life. Straight up. Fuck yeah, man. Wise words, strong words. I love it. I appreciate you taking the time, man. No doubt, Sharing bro. your story. I, I could have another three hours of a chat with you for sure. But before- for real. <laughs> hey, hey, we can be the new uh, Vlad TV and, and Boozy. Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have man. multiple segments. Like this is this is <laughs> this, this ain't no one time thing. Part one of six. Let's go. Straight up. We rocking. Let's go. Hell yeah, oh, man. Yeah. Real quick, one more question I have for you. I've wanted yeah. to ask you all night. Where did the name Sick Solo come from? Where did the nickname Solo come from? All right. So the nickname Solo came from, all honesty, my brother, my my middle brother. Uh, I, I had like this weird rap name. Like I think it was like Twista. No, not Twista. Twisted. Twisted. Twisted MC or something like that. And my brother was like, bro, that's not working. Like, he's like, he's like, man, he's like, check it out. And we're like partying, drinking and stuff, of course, and and and, and getting high and stuff. And he's like, he's like, man, he's like, he's like looking at me. He's like, no, man. He's like, you've always rocked by yourself. You've always did your own thing, man. And how about solo, man? I was like, man, I like that. I was like, I like that. And I'm like 16 years old at the time, maybe, maybe seven. No, I was 16. And I'm like, all right, all right, I like that. And then, like, 
I would say like two months later, I got solo tatted on my hands. Solo yeah. on my knuckles, you know, because I was like, S-O-L-O. Oh, man, that'll fit perfect. Solo. Been solo ever since, man. That's awesome, brother. I have to say how much I appreciated that impersonation because obviously I do not know your brother, but I'm a huge fan of impersonations, and I can just tell by that that he has a very distinctive way of talking. So I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, he's very like you know gangster and hard. The like, lip smack. I like, like the lip you know, smack. man. You know, bro. Like, and I was like, yeah, man, I got you. You know, I, I dig it. I dig it. <laughs> so you know, and and and, and I rocked with it, and. um yeah, man, it's just been a journey. And, you know, I tell people my real name because everybody, you know, I always tell people when they're like, hey, what's your name? I'm like, you know, everybody just calls me solo. So there's a lot of people who don't know me, like know my real name. But I always feel weird when I tell people, you know, my real name is Alejandro Carrillo, uh, short Alex for short or Alexander, whatever you want to call me. Uh, but if 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 you just want to call me solo, that's cool, too. So everybody's like, yeah, Alejandro is just too hard. <laughs> What? <laughs> they're oh, like, your name's they're, too hard to pronounce. I'm they're like, sure. they're like, they're like, oh, I, I, I get it all the time. I get this all the time. A lot of people are like, oh, like the Lady Gaga song. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like the Lady Gaga song. I was yeah. like, if you can sing that song, you can say my name. They're like, oh yeah, Alejandro. I'm like, yeah, you got it. <laughs> I was like, you got it, man. You got it. You got it. I was like. They're like, man, I never realized how easy that was to say. I'm like, yeah, because Lady Gaga told you how to say Alejandro <laughs> instead of Alejandro, you know? <laughs> you got to roll the Mars, oh, baby. You got to roll the Mars. You got to roll the Mars. Uh, That's what's all about. Uh, you got to roll the Alejandro. <laughs> but yeah, man, so that's my real name, Alejandro Carrillo. And, uh, just, you know, go by solo now. And um, yeah, man, vocalist of Reckless High, baby. Hope y'all love, you know, go check out that record. Hope y'all love this interview and and hopefully we can touch base again and really dive into some to some really nitty gritty stuff, bro, because it gets dark in my life, man. But you know what? I'm happy to be where I'm at because I'm blessed and I'm grateful. I got a two month old baby girl who she's crying. So I'm going to have to hop off here and, and, and attend <laughs> to her. Uh, I got here in the background. Um, and I got a six-year-old son that I love so much named Ezekiel. My daughter's name is Alexis. Oh. And uh, I'm just grateful to be here. And I'm going to be giving y'all some really good music uh, through Reckless High Project. And this next album that we got coming up is going to be a collaboration album. So we have uh, every song that's going to be on this new album uh, is going to have a feature um, from a rappers to country singers to... Uh, uh, you name it, man. We, we, we've already dived into diversity with the bra. We got Christian Machado on there. Uh, Avery Jean from Mirror Lake. Uh, Jay Pinjel. Uh, he's a rapper, R&B singer. Uh, you know, coming from the hip hop world, I'm, I'm, I can vibe with all those styles. So this new record, I'm taking it to a next level. People are not even going to, they're going to hear the bra and they're going to hear this new album and they're going to be like, uh... Uh, there's going to be so much difference in the record and the styles, but I, 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 this was funny real quick. I sent the, I sent a couple records to my buddy. I was like, man, check out the new direction, bro. He's like, Oh, you're finally selling out. (laughs) (laughs) Finally selling out. I like it. I said, I said, I said, call it what you want it, baby. Call it what you want it. 
But all I know is that I'm having fun making these records. I ain't got to be this metal dude or this metal. Nah, bro. You're gonna be. You're gonna hear some love songs and some just some different type of country southern twang type stuff because I love country music as well. And uh, they're like, bro, but we dig it. I'm like, I said, you can call it selling out. I call it growth. <laughs> I call it growth, baby, and having fun in this world you know what i'm saying and, and not taking the music so serious because i don't know how many times we've been in the studio and we're just arguing you know uh uh, uh so many times it's like no bro like no that doesn't need to be no let's just have fun and create this next album is called back to the basics because we're so you know how new metal is rock with the sprinkle of the hip-hop uh, that's what make new metal. That's what makes new metal new metal. They're incorporating hip hop. So with this new record called Back to the Basics, I'm going back to my rap roots. And instead of the hip hop being the sprinkle on the rock, it's the rock sprinkled on the hip hop rap stuff. So you're gonna hear a lot of hip hop trap uh, beats. Um, some of the songs do have uh, live drums, but as far as hearing the double kick and and your average rock metal drums on this new album, it's not going to be there. So I think that's what's going to throw a lot of people off because they're not going to have that rock vibe. But it's all right. This is something different, guys. It's going to be something different. And I believe in it. And that's what's important. And it's important to make sure you're happy with what you're releasing and that you're hyped about it and you're excited about it. That's yep. that's awesome. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing especially because like I'm <clears throat> I'm a big Il Nino fan. So when I saw that Christian was on one of the tracks, I was like, yo, but then also real quick, you mentioned something about how it's a diversity going with the love songs and stuff like that. His solo record. I oh, was bro. shocked when I heard it, but I was, I loved it. Like, Fire. so I was like, yo. Fire. <laughs> Fire. And shout out to Christian Machado, bro. He's such a nice guy. Uh, um, man, I, I grew up listening to Nino too, man. And, uh, you know, to, to work with him, man, I just reached out to him on Instagram. I, I said, you know what, man? It's so easy these days. You can reach out to your favorite artist. And they, either they're going to respond through their Instagram or their management's going to respond. And Christian hit me back up and he's like, man, as long as the record's good, I'll do it. So I sent, I said, okay, I sent it to him and, and okay, I'll do it. <laughs> I was well, like, there you go. That's- yeah. Yeah. And he strictly said, if it, if it, he's like, man, if the record's good, I'll do it. But if, if it's not, I'm sorry. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I was like, dude, I'm just, I'm just grateful to be talking to you right now. And we did the record and he, and he was only supposed to do a chorus just real quick on this, on redemption. He was supposed to only do a chorus and I sent him the record, all this, the, the, the pro tool session. He sends it back within like seven days and he just records this a song from start to finish and i'm like uh okay um we just asked for a chorus but we have like intros and verses and choruses and outros we like he just wrote a whole song to our to our record so he ends up contacting me he's like hey man i sent i sent over the stuff he's like man i was loving it so much that i just i just gave you so much material you can do whatever you want with it. I was like, so you're telling me like we can use a, instead of a, a chorus, we can use a verse and, and a chorus. And he's like, yeah, man, whatever works best. And I'm like, 
we originally just paid for him to sing a chorus for us. And here we get this whole song that my redemption from start to finish was vocals of his. And, and we sat down for, man, it, it just seemed a while. And we took those vocals and we cut them and pasted them. And it was the best thing to be able to have that much material from someone that you grew up listening to. I grew up listening to El Nino, man. Age of 17, when I, one of the first times I heard El Nino. So here I am at 31 years of age. And I was 31 at the time when I got that record done. But here I am. And quick spoiler, there's going to be a video. Yo. There's going to be a video. What I I love was like, I'm listening to this. And like, you've got a great metal voice as well. Like, thank you. But I'm listening to this and I'm like, okay, I see he's on it. And I'm used to like maybe a chorus or a bridge or something. And he's definitely in the bridge. Like, there's no yeah. mistaking that's him because his yeah. his fucking gutturals are so unique. Like, I, yeah. I love his voice. Yeah. Ever yeah. since I heard, I think the first El Nino song I ever actually heard was uh, This War. And, like, the way oh, yeah. that starts off, he was us. I was like, what the so fuck hard. is this? Like, so oh, hard. my God. And, like, w- yeah. And, like, when I heard, I'm listening to the song and I'm like, this is sick. Like, this is, but, like, first verse, I'm like, I think he's on this too. And the course, obviously you can, you know, but then when it got to the bridge, I was like, holy shit. And then I went back and listened to it like three or four more times. And I'm like, he's peppered all throughout this song. And I was well, like, that's well, fucking psych. Like this. Okay. So, so, so he's not peppered. So, so on the core, so he's only on that bridge and at the end. So the, 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 is that the all low, you doing that? Like the whole song? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's me. Okay, Dude, so Dude, holy shit. Okay. Okay, so on the chorus though, <laughs> but on the chorus though, you hear that lower yeah. there's a lower there's a lower voice. That that's my guitarist Damien. Okay. Damien Damien has bro, Damien first shout out to Damien. So Damien is uh So Damien is so pretty much Reckless High is just me and Damien. Um, uh, the other guys that you see in the videos, shout out to them, much love, but they're just fill-ins. Um, they're just bodies that help us out. Um, but a lot of the, a lot of the stuff that you see going on with the records and stuff, me and Damien, um, shout out to my boy, Damien. Uh, Damien had a lot to do with that record, the brawl, uh, from start to finish on the mix, mixing and editing and, and just putting his input. Uh, I don't think that record could have, that album could have been as good if it wasn't for Damien's input and his professionalism. I love that guy. And um, me and him have a good understanding of, of where we're at with the band. And and uh, he's just a good dude. And he's helped me grow and mature as a person and as a man. And you just need those people around you. So shout out to my boy Damien, guitarist. He killed it on the vocals. Um, he shocked me. And, and we did those vocals. We did redemption vocals in my house in the same room. In the same room. Uh, where I had my studio here at the time, we did the vocals in my closet, um, with the producer that we were working at the time. He came, he came to made a house visit because just some BS, whatever. So I'm like, well, whatever, just kind of my studio. So we ended up doing that here at my home. Um, and I was shocked when I, I never heard Damien do any kind of vocal work or anything. And, uh, he was just like, man, let me get on it. Let me try something. And I heard him do those lower vocals. And I'm like, dude like uh 
yeah, bro, like you need to go ahead and do that. So, so the chorus is me and Damien singing together. And then, yeah, Christian comes in off the bridge and he finishes the song. But yeah, man, shout out to my boy, Damien. I love you, doggy. He's, he's, uh, he's traveling right now. Um, told him I was going to do the interview. Told him to give him a shout out. So yeah, man. That's well, I mean, the, the best compliment I can give is that I thought that was Christian doing it. Like, I don't know what else to say. Like, yeah, I just low, the, the lower, I thought that was him because it's so like, but it's it, I was like, I, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that's him doing it. But no, that's yeah, OK. Yeah. That's yeah so I, that's I'm awesome. doing I know it's just me and him on the chorus. And he reminds Damien's when I first heard him do vocals, man, he reminded me of Brian Head Welch on his. Uh, yes. On his solo stuff. The solo stuff. Yeah. I was like, dude, like you need it. We, we need to do a lot more of that. So um, we didn't get to do much of it um, because the record was pretty much done. And I think like My Redemption was one of the last songs that we uh, that we did. So um, just just on this new album, we're going to release singles first. Um, and you know what, man? I, I'll send you I'll send you a teaser. I'll send you a, I'll give you a, I'll give you an exclusive. Oh, shit. OK, I'll send you an exclusive of one of our first uh, records that we did. And, and you're going to. You're going to hear what I'm talking about when you hear this uh, song that I send you. You're going to be like, ah, I, I see what he's talking about. Cause yeah, we're, we're just, we're just on, well, I'm, I'm on the vibe. I'm on that vibe and I'm grateful for Damien and another guitarist who was originally in the band. His name's Ryan Mo. He's another guitarist that comes in and does a lot of guitar work for me. So shout out to Ryan kills it. Um, but him, uh, Ryan and Damien, just met me at the studio with FM, um, the rap hip hop producer that I originally started off with. And we created uh, the first single off the new record. Um, so that's going to be coming out here in a couple of weeks, man. And uh, just we're just 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 stoked, just, just just stoked to be doing something different. But shout out to my boys, man, Ryan and, and Damien and Robbie and uh, FM. Um, that's my little team right now. And uh, and shout out to 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 the to the homie Luis. He's been holding it down on the drums, um, but that's a whole other thing. But anyways, we're just gonna keep on working and keep on vibing, man, and keep keep creating music. But solo is the face of Reckless High, and I do, and I want people to know that. And uh, before it was a it was a it was a group thing, you know. But I'm 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 happy where I'm at with the project, and I want people to ultimately know who I am and know my story. And anybody who wants to come along and be part of it, you know, they're more than welcome. But they have to understand that it's it's go time, you know, and it's hard to find people like that. And, you know, people can't see, but got the new merch in the video. Got, you know, new merch that we have on RecklessHighMerch.com. Um, you can go and get all the new merch that we, we're launching. Um, legit garments, quality garments. And thing is we're not trying to make a lot of money off this shit you know you can it's for this shirt front and back 25 bucks and that's with shipping you know 25 bucks quality tees we you know we ain't making much money off this stuff we just want people to represent us wear our stuff wear quality stuff have good music and 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 that's it we're just trying to deliver a great product that people are willing to say man i could spend 20 bucks on that instead of Fifty dollars for an uh, independent band, and you go into their merch thing. It's like 45 50 bucks for a shirt. Like, bro, I, bro, I don't even know who you are. Like, 
I'm not gonna spend 40, 50 bucks. Now I'll, I I won't even do that. I won't even do that for a freaking Slipknot shirt. Are you kidding me? Like I'm sorry, but hard out there. You, you get what's with this fifty dollars for a t-shirt bullshit? It's like I don't bro, know. I get it. Look at this. Look how big his design is, bro. I mean, twenty five bucks. You know, and shout out to everybody who's been going to the to the merch store and, and supporting. Uh, our Instagram is doing really great. We're starting to get a lot of promotion. The algorithm is starting to kick. So I'm like, yes, it's starting to just it's just starting to take off. And shout out to everybody. Love you guys. For sure. Much love from your boy Solo. That's it, brother. Thank you so much, man. It's been a joy getting to talk with you. We'll definitely have to do this again sometime and talk some more uh, Talk some more shit. It was a lot of fun. Guys, I'll have some links down below for Reckless High, but go check them out. They deserve your support. Solo, yeah. thank you so much for the time, man. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, bro. Appreciate it. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, folks, there you have it. My chat with Solo from Reckless High. I hope that you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Soul's a great guy with one hell of a story. We literally, as you heard uh, the last 20 minutes or half an hour there, we really only scratched the surface of his story and his journey. And uh, I can assure you, you'll definitely see him on again, probably sooner rather than later, to share more of his incredible story. And I cannot wait to check out what Reckless High is doing next. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be awesome. So keep it locked there. Be sure to check out the, in the description of this podcast as I will have some links for Reckless High. Go and get some merch from them. The merch designs are badass. You're going to see me uh, sporting some very, very soon. And I cannot wait. Thanks again to Solo and all the crew over at Reckless High. And thank you so very much for listening. If you're still listening, you are seriously the best. Thank you so much. If you would like to help support this podcast, you can do so by, of course, sharing leaving a like, commenting, let me know that you enjoyed the show. Leave a rating. Ratings help a lot. Ratings help this show grow. Maybe consider checking out some of the sponsors for The Hotter Show. And you can also consider joining The Hotter Show Patreon. That's right, The Hotter Show Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash The Hotter Show. Join my exclusive community and you're going to get 
some really fantastic rewards like access to the Tapes of Trepidation, my horror narration podcast I do exclusively for my Patreon. You guys got a little taste of the first six episodes of Tapes of Trepidation a couple of weeks ago. Since then, I have had three episodes, soon to be four, 10 episodes in total that you'll get access to. And uh, I've got some really good feedback on them. So if you're into that kind of thing, check it out. If you're not into horror or anything like that, rest assured, there's still lots of other cool stuff going on, especially if you are a Discord user. I do a lot of live streams and things of that nature. So be sure to keep it locked on the Patreon if you are a member. Because I will announce when I'm doing more stuff like that in the coming weeks. And also, join the Discord if you uh, you so choose. One thing you get if you join the Hotter Show Patreon is a shout-out on every single episode of the Hotter Show like this. I gotta take a second to give a humongous shout-out to my Patreon supporters, of course, the Hotheads! We have the OG Hothead, Scott Duquette. Scott, thanks for everything, brother. You know how much I love you. We have Ronan Komori, also known as Mo, over on the Hotter Show Discord. Ronan, I mean, thank you, brother, for everything. I appreciate you so much. Wolf Delta Pi, also known as uh, Tanner Wood. Thanks for all the support, brother, and all your hard work on last week's episode. I appreciate the hell out of you. Eric Phones, who uh, you actually got to hear on the fifth episode of Tapes for Trepidation as uh, the leading role uh, on that uh, on that episode. Eric, thanks for all the support, brother. I seriously appreciate you so very much. My boy, Arthur Unk. Arthur, I love you, buddy. Thanks so much for everything. Mike Quintero of Mike's Mystery Mansion. What else can I say? Fantastic Horror Nation podcast. Go check out Mike's Mystery Mansion. It is awesome. C.M. Peters of Baseline Feed, also an author. Go check out her new book. It is absolutely fantastic. CM, thank you so much for everything and all your hard work on last week's episode as well with the music. Jason Reese of J. Bridges Larch. Jason, you guys have heard me talk about Jason tons. J. Bridges Larch does all my stuff, all my merch and my graphics, all that thing, all that stuff. Go check Jason out. He deserves your support, brother. You know how much I love you. Thank you so much for everything. We have, of course, Kelly Sizen, who is one of my uh, my newest patients, along with CM and Jason Kelly. Thank you so very much for all of the support. We have Terry and Janet Hodder. Huh. Interesting. Same last name as me. Are we related? Huh. Probably. Anyway, moving on. Brandon Bowden. I love you, buddy. Thank you so much for everything that you have done for me in this journey and now still continue to do for me, being a hothead. And Neil Skorupa. Thank you so very much for all the support, brother. I'm pretty sure I couldn't pronounce your last name correctly again. If not, let me know. I appreciate you. I have 12 patrons. Like, how, how freaking cool is that? I'm beyond ecstatic for it. And if you would consider joining the Hotter Show Patreon, even at a dollar a month, you'll get a shout out and exclusive access to things like my private Discord server as well as uh, live streams and things of that nature. One of which I'm going to be jumping on here actually uh, in just a minute as I am getting ready to wrap this up. So if you're listening to this right now, you may have uh, already been a part of that live stream as I'm going to be doing some editing and uh, drinking some uh, alcoholic beverages as I tend to do on occasion on the, uh, on the Hotter Show Discord and for my patrons on the live stream. We have fun. So come join the Hotter Show community. If not, a like and a share goes a long way. Thank you very much for all the support. You know I love you, and I will catch you next time on The Harder Show. Take it easy, guys. 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.